Well, good afternoon, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. It is Tuesday, September 24th, and we're so glad you're here joined, uh, joining us today. My name is Amy Johnson. I'm your host of the show and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And I'm joined every week by my wonderful co-host, the one and only founder and editor-in-chief here at Rocket Sports Media, Rick Stevens. And Rick, can you believe it is, it's the 24th? It's the last Tuesday of September. We're getting down to the last couple games of the uh, exhibition season. Yeah. Both for NHL and AHL and uh, all kinds of uh, player movement, players being sent down to the AHL, players being exposed to waivers. Um, mm-hmm. So there's lots and lots. And, and, and I think the most important thing is that there's uh, jobs up for grabs. I, at least there's oh, yeah. uh, competitions. The performance of some of the, the young players is causing teams perhaps pause and, and uh, consider their uh, the reconsider the plans that they had developed over the summer. So it's an exciting time. It's a great time. Uh, to it is talk hockey. It absolutely is, you know, and, and it, like you say, there's a lot of young guys that are really putting uh, their name kind of on the ticket, trying to make a name for themselves and a case for themselves to make that NHL roster come opening night. And we're going to talk about tons of it. Uh, we got, let, let me just give you a quick rundown of what, is in store for you today. Uh, before I do that, however, don't forget to hit us up on social media at the AHL Report. That's where you can find us seven days a week for all of your hockey-related talk. So be sure to find us there. Today, uh, in our first segment, where we cover the Montreal Canadiens and Philadelphia Flyers, uh, and and once we get into the actual AHL season, it'll be more uh, the Laval Rocket and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. But right now we're looking kind of organization-wide since we're talking about prospects and and rosters aren't set yet and so forth. So we're going to take a look at both the Montreal Canadiens and Philadelphia Flyers training camps that are still continuing. Um, More preseason games have happened. So we're just going to talk briefly about how some of the younger guys have performed in in those games. Uh, and then, of course, on the, the other side of that, as Rick mentioned, uh, some players have already been released or, or exposed to waivers to head down to the AHL teams. And so those AHL training camps have just kicked off this week. So we'll give you kind of an update on how those camps are shaping out, who was invited to those camps um, and, and those kinds of things. So that's going to take up segment one for us in segment two. When we go around the AHL, uh, we're going to talk about how. A couple of familiar names um, to uh, to at least Montreal Canadiens fans uh, are faring in their preseason with their new teams. Uh, some some good good indications for a couple of names that uh, you'll be familiar with. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, some other some key uh, news from some other teams around the league about um, roster changes and so forth. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit as well about um, what the preseason is really all about and what fans should and should not expect uh, to get out of the preseason, particularly at the NHL level. And then, of course, in the third segment, we're going to give you an update on what kind of live coverage you can expect from the Rocket Sports Media team this week. And uh, because really... We've got we're we're in like full team effect this week, so uh, lots of exciting live coverage to talk about 
um, in the last segment before we wrap up. Lots to talk about today. Wow. Uh, th- this That probably means we don't have any time whatsoever for uh, National Day uh, discussion. Oh, I, well, I think we could we could probably squeeze that no, in. I, I, well, the the only thing there are a few we'll 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 postpone it and we'll we'll talk about it next week. But I I do have to say, since it's a, a special day in your part of the world, yes, um, it is. I I I have to say happy Thanksgiving to you. Um, happy Schwenkfelder, what? happy Schwenkfelder uh, Thanksgiving. What? Um, S- September twenty fourth. It's uh, our our uh, the Canadian Thanksgiving is not till October fourteenth, and the U.S. is I don't I don't know when it is. It's well, it's that day that I usually take off in November to watch football. But um, today, September twenty fourth, mm-hmm. for the Pennsylvania t- Dutch folks, as I understand, oh yes, is Thanksgiving, and it's um, uh, called Schwenkfelder. Thanksgiving, if I'm pronouncing that right, and you're supposed I'm going to, to have use to do a pronunciation check on that. Yes, a hashtag. Uh, we we had a pronunciation uh, discussion on Canadian last week. Hashtag Schwenkfelder, and if you look out uh, for that on Twitter, you have all kinds of people talking about Casper Schwenkfeld, um, a theologian who founded uh, this day uh, as uh, the Thanksgiving for the Pennsylvania Dutch crew. So happy Thanksgiving to you and all those in uh, your neck of the woods um, who are celebrating. Wow. I've lived in Pennsylvania Dutch country my entire life, and I can honestly say that I've never heard of that. That's why you come to from the press box every week. That's right. There's some always something to learn. That's right. But but you caught me off guard because I thought that you were going to announce the truly special day here in my neck of the woods. I see. It's a, it's a very 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 important day today. In fact, it's not. I mean, sure, it's based in my neck of the woods, but it's really. I, the global impact of of today and its celebration is immeasurable. Wow! Wish yeah. we could all take part. Well, you can. Okay. Everyone can, how? and especially hockey fans, you should all join me in celebrating National Gritty Day. That's uh. right. One year ago, it's Gritty's birthday today. One uh, year ago today, uh, the the furry orange munchkin emerged from the construction area of the Wells Fargo Center. And in 24 hours, Flyers fans went from being horrified to being completely enraptured by him. Um, and he is celebrating in style today. Let me tell you, he's got... Um, helicopters and and public transit buses that are taking him all over the city today he's already done the rocky run up the art museum stairs um he's going he's hitting all of the major highlights in the city to celebrate his birthday uh he has put out a list of demands on twitter of how he wants to celebrate his birthday so be sure you go check out his twitter account it's very important day today it's it's 
It's Gritty's birthday, and he declared it National Gritty Day. So everyone around the world should be celebrating. What if you What if you don't really like Gritty? How can you not? If you don't like Gritty, we can't be friends. I'm sorry. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> that, I'm, like, I'm not talking to you thing. specifically. I'm talking to anyone in like anyone listening. If you don't like Gritty, we can't be friends. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Gritty is um like I sure he's um he's a bit of a monstrosity Obnoxious. but honestly honestly when you see him in person and ha- I mean kids love him and how he interacts with people he's he is delightful. He is hilarious. Uh the best was last week there was a little girl she looked to be about 10 or 11 years old. She came to one of the Flyers preseason games dressed from head to toe like little mini gritty and the video that is circulating on Twitter is the most adorable thing you will see gritty just like falls all over himself at, like admiring his little mini me and then they start doing like a kind of like call and response like he'll do a little dance one of his dance moves and then she does one of his little dance it's 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 fantastic it's adorable it's gritty day all things orange well- well, happy Thanksgiving and happy <laughs> gritty day. Yes, on to, on the on this day of Pennsylvania Dutch Thanksgiving, I am thankful for the birth of gritty. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what I've got. <laughs> so is that, so so Thanksgiving and gritty. That's quite a combination for uh, our national days, and I think that will launch us directly into obviously some some pretty grittastic talk about hockey um as rick mentioned uh you know there's a lot of competition that's going on in training camps right now and it's not just the veterans trying to you know perhaps find themselves on a on a promoted line to start the year this year there's a lot of youth that are uh, really making waves and making some coaches get forced into a corner to make some tough decisions i think um rick we've we'll start with the canadians so if you're a flyers fan who's listening we're we're gonna hit you in just a minute we're gonna start with the habs here and and rick we know that there's been last week uh, no surprises really in the adams moisans and the connor lacuvets the ryan culkins the william pelletiers the joe cox's mike pozzetta hayden verbeek those guys um, sent down. Uh, and then more recently, we've also seen Caden Primo and Otto Leskinen go to Laval. Uh, and then just recently, uh, was it was it today or was it last night, that Alex Belzeal, Jake Evans, and Josh Brook were released and Riley Barber was placed on waivers. Phew. And Quite it was just right after the game last night, and and uh, uh, yes, uh, to to fill out uh, the Laval Rocket training camp, there's been some additions, um, but um, you know, with with the additions to Laval there, and even in the case of someone like Jake Evans, uh, I think uh, for many. Um, uh, their eyes were opened with respect to Jake Evans. Jake Evans had a very yeah. good uh, training camp, um, started out uh, in the rookie camp. We were there and in Belleville and, and, uh, 
as we we mentioned on on uh, previous podcasts, he he mm-hmm. physically looked different. Uh, he was acting, um, you know, very mature and and um, and in a leadership role, and that kind of uh, carried on into um, uh, the Canadians' training camp. And um, I think you know, had the Canadians had Mark Bergevin not loaded up on. Uh, 37 fourth line players. Um, oh, yeah. Then, then uh, there might have been some reason for for him to hang around. Uh, but with so many players and and players who kind of uh, can fit the same sort of role, whether it's uh, Pekka or Veroni or uh, Barber, the aforementioned Barber, or Wheel or Cousins or Thompson or Belzeal. Um, we even um, Evans was was in tough and and um, uh, but I think that uh, you know he certainly looked very good. He uh, didn't have to clear uh, waivers, so it was uh, an easy send down. And um, uh, I think uh, did well enough that uh, he'll be considered as one of the first call ups uh, if the. The need arises. Uh, the others uh, who had very good camps were Kale Flurry. We've talked about. He's still there, mm-hmm. uh, not quite hanging on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> n- not quite the dominant uh, effort last night against the Leafs, against the Marlies, the Growlers. Um, but he's been very good. Um, and uh, with the injury continuing to Noah Juleson, there might be a spot there. Uh, Ryan Paling, he's looked superb. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, he ran into a, a concussion situation, and and it's unknown when he'll be back. Uh, but Nick Suzuki Although is the one who, today, which was a good indication. Yes, yeah, good point that uh, that he did skate today, and and uh, so that's good news. Um, but Nick Suzuki is the one that uh, has has been getting all the attention. He started kind of slow, uh, some was a bit timid, but um, he's proved that uh, whether it's at center. Whether it's a even a winger on the top line, he's looked. Uh, whether it's uh, an offensive role or a defensive role, a penalty killing, he's he's passed all the tests and and has looked very good. And for those veterans who've come in and said, you know, this is preseason, um, I'm just gonna I'm just mm-hmm. gonna coast through and and um, see where you know if I can get through and um, yeah, find yourself without a job. Well, yeah, and um, Jonathan Drouin did not play very mm. much uh, in terms of ice time last night, 11 minutes thereabouts, uh, lowest of any forward, and he has looked dreadful, dreadful. in in all three <laughs> uh, contests. So, um, you know, word is that the Canadians, with an abundance of forwards, uh, are looking to move uh, at least one uh, before the start of the season, and and, uh, and whether it's whether it's uh, Charles Houdon, whether it's um, um, someone else, uh, <laughs> um, there there could be some surprises uh, when the opening roster is uh, revealed. The interesting thing is if you if you listen to any of the uh, French media, particularly after last night's game, apparently uh, there didn't need to be made any mention of the dismal performance 
that Jonathan Duran has been has been putting out there because you know who's really whose performance is really concerning right now? It's it's Yasperi Kakinemi. That's um and, and that's predictable, isn't it? Isn't it predictable <laughs> yeah, that it um, that you train all the guns uh, elsewhere uh, when yep. when their little darling isn't uh, uh, performing as expected? Yeah, don't look at the at the train wreck over there. Look over here where we're, we're telling you to look. And and yes, Barry Kakinemi, um, uh, one of one of the issues for him. Uh, he he hasn't set the world on fire in in training camp, but I think there's a couple of things going on. One is that hey, look at look at Paling, look at look at Suzuki, look at Flurry, yeah. look at these new shiny objects. Uh, even I'm Caden not Primo, the new shiny object anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Even though he is, um, you know, uh, youngest on the roster. Uh, um, um, so there's there's part of that. The other part is is that. He's been saddled with some terrible, terrible, terrible line mates. Well, yeah, and um, and and that's kind of dragged him down. Now um, he has to work through that. Uh, Jake Evans didn't have Jake Evans had the uh, didn't didn't have the cream of the crop as far as uh, no. uh, line mates Deadly either. And, and he he found a way to stand out, but. Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not worried about uh Kotkiniemi, but I think all of the fuss about uh him is is nothing more than a distraction from the fact that as I said Jonathan Duran could not have worked looked worse and and this after you know all the the uh, fuss that all of his problems are solved because he mm-hmm. he spent the um the summer watching video um turns out not to be the case, at least not so far. Someday, someday, uh, Jonathan Drouin's people who who support him no matter what, or or the player himself, will run out of excuses. Um, and this isn't just coming from us. There, I you know there. I even saw plenty of criticism coming from places that you normally wouldn't see criticism on Jonathan Drouin on on Twitter. Um, you know, it's one one excuse after the after the other. I saw a tweet the other day that somebody said the year is 2035, and Montreal Canadiens fans will be saying this is the year that Jonathan Duran breaks out. I just know it because it's what it's the same old story every year. But why would we want? Well, to it's talk funny because last night he he. Uh, found himself, and and that's the best way to describe it. He found himself in the defensive zone, um, and and on Twitter it was uh, as I wrote in the recap, it was like a Bigfoot signing sighting uh, that oh my God, look at look at how much he wants to be with the team. He's hmm. he's in the defensive zone, and he didn't make the the issue was he didn't make the play. Charlie to make a big save. Uh, but there are uh, a lot of people trying to defend this guy. And, and there was a, you know, you see, um, there's a tweet I saw last night, JD 73. Duran has all the talent in the world, but no passion or desire to bring it in, to bring it game in, game out. You know, I'm starting to want, I, I, I agree with the, the second part, but I'm starting to uh, wonder if the first part is even true. Does he yeah. have all the talent in the world at the NHL level, there's tons, 
tons and tons of the the uh, you know the the, the rosters are litter had uh, the stories are are littered with with uh, failed um, uh, attempts of, of players who did marvelous things in in junior who couldn't make that transition, and it's a wonder if if um, if it's it's just that it's not the kind of hockey that uh, he's willing to play uh, to use any of that talent. So. Um, Anyway, it's 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 going to be interesting to see. Is it going to be a small move? Is it going to be? Is uh, Mark Bergevin going to uh, help uh, Charles Houdon get a new start? Is he going to uh, try and get someone to take Dale Weiss off his hands? Is it going to be one of those kind of moves, or is it going to be a a, a blockbuster to really open up the roster and maybe help? Uh, the the left defense by uh, moving someone like Jonathan Durant. I I don't see that. That's not the kind of just before the season starts trade. Uh, but no, we'll see. And and we'll see how you know there were as as we mentioned, Jake Evans is one that I think won't be too long for Laval before he sees a call up. Um, looking forward to seeing how Otto Leskinen. Uh, develops his game uh, within the first few weeks of camp. Uh, we were impressed with him at the rookie showcase. Uh, I thought he looked uh, pretty solid in in most of his preseason action with the Canadians, and so I think he's he's really got something there to build on. Um, it, you know, everyone made a pretty big fuss about Alex Belzeal, and and Bel. If nothing else, Belzeal obviously went out there and said, "I'm I'm gonna." I'm going to work, try to work hard and be noticeable. And, and he did that. Uh, some of his goals were a, a matter of being in the right place at the right time. Um, so, so his line mates knew, you know, how to set him up uh, for success. Um, so, you know, we'll see if he can continue uh, a little bit of that hot streak that he had, that he enjoyed in Laval last year. Um, so lots of, you know, lots of exciting things happening. Uh Goaltending still a big question mark. Charlie Lindgren is still up with the Canadians. Uh, started last night uh, once it was revealed that Carey Price has a minor hand, uh, some bruising in his in his glove hand. Um, so keep in mind, Lindgren has to clear waivers to get to Laval. I'm not 100% convinced that he would clear waivers. Um, there is a lot of of raw talent there with Charlie Lindgren. That that's uh, intelligent teams would scoop up uh if they've got if they've got room um couple that, of that's a that's a really interesting point and and you wonder you know um at this time of the year rosters are loaded and and so it's difficult to uh make a trade or to uh to pick somebody up off of of waivers especially goaltenders uh, mm-hmm. but uh saw an article today um that uh Jimmy Rutherford in Pittsburgh says that the uh, trade market for goaltenders is actually heating up. Pittsburgh is in a similar situation to uh, Montreal in that they have Matt Murray, of course, um, but uh, have to decide between Casey DeSmith and, and Tristan Jerry. Tristan Jerry may be on the same kind of track as, mm-hmm. as say, a Charlie Lindgren. And, um, and how do they squeeze one of those guys through waivers, or do they have to make a trade uh, and apparently, uh, Jimmy Rutherford says there's been um, more of an interest uh, lately in the last week or so than there had been over the off season for a, 
uh, a goaltender trade. So maybe that's the kind of thing, whether that involves Charlie Lindgren or Michael McNiven um, um, for the, for Mark Bergevin and the Canadians. Well, and actually this was something I was going to mention in segment two, but it fits in right now. So I'll just mention that. um, So last night, both goaltenders that played in the Habs versus Leafs game last night were not the goaltenders that were supposed to start. Carey Price was supposed to start for the Habs, and for the Leafs, it was supposed to be Michael Neubert, former uh, Flyers goaltender. Um, and at the last minute, reportedly, Michael Neubert said that he wasn't feeling up to goaltending, and so he did not travel. Um, and it was Hutchinson who ended up in the crease for the Leafs. And then today, Neubert was released from his PTO with Toronto. Um, Neubert, unfortunately, you know, he's got skills, but he is very injury prone. Uh, It constantly crops up as an issue for him. Um, And so now you've got Toronto looking at, okay, well, we had, we had an NHL caliber goaltender here on a PTO and now he's gone. Um, So as you say, the goaltender situation around the league could get very interesting um, very soon. So we'll be uh, we'll be sure to keep an eye on that. You mentioned Michael McNiven. I should I should also mention that you know he he is one of the ones who of course was in the first round of cuts that was sent back down to Laval. Interesting. Um, there was there was a tweet that Anthony Marcotte, the 919 uh, broadcaster of the, the Laval Rocket, um, was at the first day of uh, AHL training camp on Monday, and I guess spoke with both Antoine Waked and Michael McNiven after practice. And his tweet says, uh, this is translated roughly from French. So uh, forgive me if it's not exactly translated 100%, but basically says Antoine Waken and Michael McNiven were disappointed that they didn't have a chance basically to, to, to play at Canadians camp. Neither one of them got into a preseason game, uh, despite the fact that they both have NHL contracts. Um, and so they're they're both really kind of bound and determined to make a big impression in Laval camp and start the season really strongly. But Rick, you know that's that's one of those things too. You know, people wonder why we constantly I don't want to say complain all summer, but we criticize all summer long when little fringe signings keep happening. McNiven's a little different because he's in that that kind of backlog log jammed goaltender core. But but for Waked particularly. Um, all these little fringe signings of, of forwards who are nothing. I mean, you, you'd have enough fourth liners on this team to, to put an entire new roster together. Um, And then both of these guys have NHL contracts and they don't get to play a single minute in preseason. Like that's gotta be really discouraging. And that's what we're critical of when we say stop signing all these guys that you're never going to fit onto the roster because the guys you've got under contract already, your young guys, are the ones that get the short end of the stick. And and it's it seems to have to have happened already. Yeah, the the Canadians don't have a very good track. They have a good track record as far as drafting. Um, they don't have a, a good track track record as far as transitioning players to the NHL. And, and part of the transition is giving them um, motivation, giving them hope, giving them, and um, you know, for those guys not to get any kind of action at all during the preseason, especially as you say, 
um, you know, being on, on um, NHL contracts, that's, that's tough. And, and how else can you take a, a, a message like that other than it's, you know, that, that um, you don't have value necessarily to the organization. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, also it, it uh, again, uh, there, there are, are many, many times that this organization um, makes uh, business decisions over uh, uh, hockey decisions. And, and we saw that even with Michael Pozzetta, that he was uh, supposed to be in the lineup and at the last minute was uh, removed so that Alex Belzeal could have yet another game. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and granted, right. um, there, there was no question that, uh, you know, during the rookie camp, uh, the Canadians were sure uh, to, to, that everyone was talking about Harvey Bernard, Raphael Harvey Bernard, and during <laughs> the main training camp, there's no question that the Canadians were pumping uh, Alex Belzeal. And, and what's the reason for that? Um, we know that that ownership was was not very happy with the fact that there was such a dramatic um, loss of attendance last season that that a dramatic drop in attendance from the inaugural season to last season for uh, uh, the Laval rocket. And that, that, that an organizational priority was going to be uh, boosting that attendance. So um, why not, you know, was Alex, did Alex Belzeal really have a, a hope in, in making this, this roster? Um, he's, He's an ECHL guy, and he had a decent, you know, uh, first half of the season, and then, you know, the, the skating's an issue, and and discipline's an issue, and he didn't do so well the second half. And and is is he really the guy that was going to beat out, you know, the Wheels and Cousins and Thompsons and and Palings and and ever, to be on your fourth line? I don't think so. But all of the hype certainly now when he's a cut and goes to Laval, maybe, maybe that sells a few extra tickets to a, a, a organization that's desperate to sell tickets in their AHL market. And unfortunately that means that decisions get made that, that, that um, affect uh, players like Pozzetta or like Antoine Wakehead or, or other mm-hmm. players. And, and uh, it's a shame for those young guys who don't get a chance to, uh, show what they can do and and don't <laughs> there are some fans that may say well, that's an awfully cynical point of view it, it it's it's an unfortunate reality that hockey is a business and the one thing that we've learned from talking behind the scenes to 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 players and management and coaches and staff and scouts and i mean the the great amount of people we talk to is you learn things about the business of hockey that goes on behind the scenes that that isn't necessarily always pretty um and the the bottom line is a very important part of of a hockey season um and so yeah there could be things like okay um we went down in attendance last year we've got to find ways to get bums in the seats and tickets sold this year um not taking anything away from Alex Belzeal, but people will want to see him this year, um, particularly because of how much he's been highlighted. So 
it's an interesting it's an interesting point to make, and I don't disagree with you. Um, so speaking of Laval, their their camp started this week. Uh, that actually just started yesterday. It runs through this week, and then they will play two preseason games on Saturday and Sunday, both at Place Bell, both at three o'clock, both against the Belleville Senators. Isn't that nice and tidy and neat? Uh, the AHL's preseason officially starts on Wednesday. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in a little bit. But Laval will play Saturday and Sunday. Uh, you know, there's obviously Joel Bouchard doesn't know exactly who he has, uh, who he'll have on opening night. He, you know, after last night's cuts, he's got a little bit of a better idea. There are a few uh, PTO invites to the camp. Um, some of them just make me scratch my head. Uh, we talked at length during the rookie showcase about Marc Olivier Cravier Morin, and uh, what do you know? He's back. He's back. He's on a PTO for Laval for their training camp. Good for him. Um, the one that really makes me scratch my head, it's like it, it's like because it's Laval and it's not the St. John's Ice Caps or the Hamilton Bulldogs anymore. It's like it's like former experiments never happened and we have to retry them again with a new control group or something. I, I don't know. Um, but one Jonathan Racine, defenseman Jonathan Racine is a PTO invite to the Laval camp. Uh, why does that name sound familiar to you? Well, uh, he played for the St. John's Ice Caps in 2016, 2017 uh, in the Montreal Canadiens organization, played 26 games with the Ice Caps, zero goals, three assists, 58 penalty minutes. That's pretty much all Jonathan Racine was good for. Uh, he, he took a lot of dumb penalties. A lot of, like they weren't good penalties. They were bad penalties. Um, and he, you know, he likes to mix it up. He went from there, played 29 games with Syracuse crunch the rest of that season for three points and 78 penalty minutes. Um, and then, 17-18, he only between AHL and ECHL, he only played 26 games. Um, and then last year, he was with the Belleville Senators and the Brampton Beast most of the time uh, last year. Racked up 103 penalty minutes in the ECHL last year. So, for me, we, we went through that experiment. Uh, the team went through that experiment two, three years ago. I don't think we need to revisit it, but okay. Good luck to Jonathan Ray. Racine in camp <laughs> this week. Listen, Jonathan Racine is a, an ECHL player, and and as we look through uh, the camp roster so far, it's littered with ECHL players. Uh, Racine is um, he's he's not a bad skater actually. That's uh, one of his strengths. It's the the problem is upstairs, and and when we talk about uh, hockey sense. Uh, there's just not a lot with this player um, that gets him into trouble. Bad decisions as a defenseman, bad decisions uh, also um, has a bit of a temper problem and, um, and gets himself into uh, a great deal of trouble. So um, I don't, again, we've, we've got all of these ECHL players and no ECHL uh, affiliate, whether it's Jonathan Racine or Ryan Culkin or, uh, Crevier Moran, or or which, if you look on on uh, the um, the roster sheet, it's just a simple error, I'm sure. But uh, Crevier Moran is listed as an AHL, having 56 games of AHL experience last year. Of course, that's not oh. true. 
no. Wichita is an ECHL franchise, not an age franchise. Not last uh, 56 games. It wouldn't last more than a handful of games in the, the AHL. No. Um, but but there's there's you know go up and down the lineup and and um, uh, whether it's Joe Cox or Michael McNicholas or or any of these players, they are ECHL players and and um, I think that um, uh, you can appreciate that you'd like to have them in your beer league as, as uh, um, Joel Bouchard is fond of saying, but um, the, they, they need to put some talent on the ice this year. And they have some talent to put on the ice mm-hmm. this year. And, and some of these, these guys are there for, um, you know, to, to, to fulfill the local content quota during training camp. And, and I expect that they'll be moving on um uh, very quickly as the season be- begins. Absolutely. So Joel Bouchard is, uh, and uh, Alex Burroughs, Dan Jacob are back on the ice at Place Bell in Laval. Uh, training camp there is, is fully underway. Um, <laughs> Bouchard with his, <laughs> he has a very, he has a very unique way of, of motivating his, his uh, young group and um, reported on Twitter that, in his instructions yesterday on the first day of camp, he, he was telling them on the ice, don't figure it out in February effing do it now. <laughs> so if that doesn't motivate you, I don't know. what will. Um, and apparently it's a, it's a common theme around the AHL this year that uh, coaches are just getting right in their right in their players faces to say, I don't want you waiting until, you know, later in the season. I just want you to figure it out now. Uh, new, Hershey Bears head coach Spencer Carberry um, said yesterday, "Why do you? Why would you want to hit your midseason form in December? Why not hit it in October? So let's spend the next week working on doing that." So I kind of like the way Carberry said it a little better than perhaps the way Childers Shard said it. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who Bouchard ends up uh, getting once all training camps are done and then what he does with them as far as the rosters go. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that uh, none of the guys who really deserve ice time don't get shortchanged uh, by, by some of the stand-ins. And, and uh, you know, it should be noted that, that most of these players, uh, particularly the ones who really have a passion to, to make the lineup, uh, are coming to camp in very good condition. They've spent the, yeah. the summer. They haven't spent the summer uh, with popcorn watching um, a video like, <laughs> like some um, they've, they've, they've trained hard. They've changed their diets. They've uh, in some cases put on weight or muscle um, and uh, they, they come uh, very well prepared. And, and uh, Joel Bouchard would, say that he was there every step of the way looking over their shoulder which yeah. is an amusing uh quote but um uh, you know so they 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 aren't uh necessarily um uh, behind the curve they're they're they're, they're going to figure it out and if they don't if we don't we know that uh Joel Bouchard will reformat the players yeah uh, to to play the to play the Bouchard way now, uh, elsewhere in the Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia Flyers are, are fully into their 
training camp as well. Training camp has as far, thankfully, uh, you know, the points don't matter because there are no points in preseason. And Elaine Vigneault has been very emphatic to say he's not, he's not super concerned about the outcomes of games. Uh, the Flyers have dropped four of their five preseason games, so that's not fabulous. But I'm going to take that as an indication that they're going to turn that around once once the points start to matter. Um, really have been impressed with uh, the methodology of life with L.M. Vigneault uh, throughout this first training camp with him behind the bench with the Flyers. Uh, he's been no-nonsense. He's been very transparent. He's been very upfront about what he wants. He's been upfront about where he looks to other members of the organization to help him in places where he's not as familiar with players. Um, We spoke a little bit about that last week. And I was really impressed last Friday when uh, after losing to Boston uh, in Philadelphia on Thursday night, they had full practice on Friday uh, we're getting ready and, and Hart had basically said, okay, here's, here's the lines for uh, the next home game uh, on, on Saturday night against the Rangers. And then within a, an hour or two after that, it was all scrapped. And Vigneault came out and said, you know what? I need, I need the vets. I'm not happy with what I, what I'm seeing. The veterans need to get more ice time. I need to get this roster down to something that's closer to what it's going to look like on opening night. And so he just cut 18 players on Friday, including half the roster that was supposed to, that had already been announced would play on Saturday night, um, sent down a boatload of guys to, to Lehigh Valley. Um, everybody that they placed on waivers in that round, cleared waivers, um, sent, sent a, a bunch of guys down, um, and and said, okay, I'm I'm down to one team for practice. No more team A and team B. We're down to one team for practice, and we've just got to whittle it down from there. Um, and and from there, even uh, today, they've uh, he's made more cuts. Uh, surprisingly to some, uh, Vorobiev and Rupsov were sent down to Lehigh Valley. Mark Friedman was sent down. Uh, and then four guys were placed on waivers today: uh, Nick Albekubel, Andy Andrioff. Uh, Gabriel and Bigra. Um, the Albe Kubel is the only one that I'm thinking. If anyone has has a chance of not clearing waivers, it'll be Albe Kubel. Um, so that leaves guys like Joel Farabee um, still up, Connor Bunneman still up, Carson Torwinski still up, Bunneman and Torwinski uh, have been lights out in the last two games, uh, really noticeable. Um, Sam Moran still up. Philippe Myers still up. I'd say that Moran is probably battling for like a, like seventh, eighth defenseman, whereas Myers and, and Hag are probably battling it out for that sixth defenseman spot. Um, it's gonna get it's gonna get really interesting. And in fact, uh, Fletcher has said today already. Don't be surprised if you see a lot of roster transactions the first six weeks of the season that he anticipates guys getting called up and sent down very heavily during the first six weeks of the season. Um, So that says he's, he's going to keep kind of, he's going to keep working with things until he finds what works for the team. Um, And so it's been, uh, it's been a pretty intense uh, week of, training camp so far with Elaine Vigneault and I can't say that I hate it 
I like it so far. He's certainly putting his stamp on the uh, the team and getting the the attention of of his players um, in other ways than necessarily screaming in their face or or mm-hmm. reformatting them. He's he's uh, he's doing things his way. He has the um, um, luxury, I guess you'd call it, of of uh, essentially three head coaches behind the bench, and and uh, so he's he's doing things a little bit differently, and and uh, uh, it it. Hopefully it, it'll pay off. The um, you mentioned Rubsov and Vorobiev being uh, cuts today. I really like Rubsov. Uh, like him a yeah, lot, and too. I expect that he'll get called up. Uh, he was just um, he he played decently in in um, the exhibition schedule. He just didn't have any points on the board, and and uh, right. when others were performing um, and doing that, uh, you know um, that that decision was made. I've spoken about Connor Bunneman uh, before. I liked him from his days. You know, I follow the Kitchener Rangers and his days there. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, um, he's looked very good. Uh, Morgan Frost, unfortunately, um, uh, has a bit of an injury. Um, and But um, it's it's all about Joel Farabee. And, and uh, when we were at the rookie camp, and, and of course it was the rookie camp for the Canadians, uh, senators and uh, Winnipeg Jets, but uh, when uh, when I talked to scouts about other teams, and we got around to uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, the first name that came up in every case was Joel Farabee. Yeah. Um, he's really well thought of, um, and has a has a decent shot at uh, an open position um, in in the Flyers. Um, Roster and and I guess what they're concerned about most uh, there was a a a, a good article uh, Julie Robenheimer uh, who we know and and um, it was um, um, Flyers assistant GM uh, Brent Flair that said that um, you know the offensive skills there um, uh, an A level um, you know his awareness his his smarts his uh, responsibility, but that it's it's uh, him playing his 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 physical size, uh, playing against bigger, um, stronger players uh, is a mm-hmm. concern, and and that's the kind of thing that they're uh, looking for. And and uh, Faraby had, you know, over the summer had uh, things to do, and and one of his goals uh, was to bump up his weight. He was at 170 uh, last last season. He got it. His goal was 180. He got it up to 177. Um, but um, you know, he said that he's been playing against strong players, uh, um, older players, uh, bigger players for the for the past three years. Uh, but he says, but they've never been this much older, this much bigger, <laughs> and this much stronger. <laughs> and I need to be ready and prepare my body. Uh, to not only play twice as many games, but to be a physical force and to be able to use my body to win battles. So he knows exactly there, there's obviously really good communication. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, he knows exactly what he has to do and exactly what he has to um, uh, show the, the organization um, uh, during these, these exhibition games. Uh, I think one of the big things that the Flyers look at with him is just his versatility. He's, he, he has a very good ability to adapt to wh- whichever line mates he's with. And, and that can be very valuable 
uh, as you say, the lineup is expected to be, um, you know, in flux for, for a few weeks. And if you have a guy like Farabee that you can put in different places, uh, I'm sure that that goes into the decision-making as, as in terms of whether they want to have him hang around or not uh, for the opening, opening roster. It's it's interesting that the quote that you just had there from from Farabee, uh, our colleague Bill Meltzer, who is the contributing NHL writer for the Philadelphia Flyers, um, after Fletcher's uh, after Chuck Fletcher's press conference today, said that he, uh, Fletcher says that he's not concerned about Farabee for the short term, but that they're still evaluating his readiness for a full 82 game NHL season, saying, "quote This is a tough league for a 19 year old." So as you say, the communication is there, that that's, that's the thing that Joel knows that he needs to mentally and physically be prepared for is the grind of an 82 game season. And that management and coaches are looking at him to say, okay, we like what we see. Can he do it all year? Um, And that was the big question with Kakinyemi for the Canadians last year. And, and as we saw, you know, that there was, there was a little time, two-thirds of the way through the season where Claude Julian claimed that, that KK was getting a bit fatigued with the schedule. Um, so we'll have to see, as you say, with, with, with Fletcher saying that they're going to, to kind of keep that roster pretty fluid for the first month and a half or so of the season, I'm sure Farabee will see uh, plenty of ice time. The one thing they have decided is the goaltender situation, at least at the NHL level, is pretty much decided. All four extra goaltenders have gone down to Lehigh Valley. Only Carter Hart and Brian Elliott remain. And if Brian Elliott continues to play the way he did last night, um, he might find himself in Lehigh Valley <laughs> soon himself. Uh, he had some pretty egregious errors last night. Um, although Fletcher did mention today that Alex Lyon will travel uh, with the team to Europe uh, for the Czech, uh, for the game in the Czech Republic um, as the third goalie. So it looks like the Phantoms will be in without Lyon for a little bit when they make that uh, when they make that trip. The interesting part will now be to see what happens for the goaltending in Lehigh Valley because you've got Alex Lyon, you've got Jeff Berube, you've got Felix Sandstrom. Um, there's a lot of guys down there, and and you've got to decide, uh, you know, and and Ustamenko. Sorry, there was one Kirill Ustamenko. Um, my guess would be Lion Sandstrom as the tandem in Lehigh Valley, and Ustamenko and Berube go down to Reading in the ECHL. Uh, that's how I see that. Merit-based, I, I feel that should be how it works, but it'll be interesting to see uh, how that all shakes out. Um, so we will keep you posted with all of the updates for both the Canadians and the Flyers as cuts continue to happen. Make sure you're following us at the AHL Report on Twitter. That's where you'll get that information uh, as we get it. Um, also, reminder, tomorrow night, Wednesday September 25th, be sure to set your DVRs NHL network for uh, behind the glass this season. It is a behind the scenes exclusive look at the Philadelphia Flyers training camp process. Um, and uh, it's the cameras have been all over the place the last week. Uh, it's going to be a great episode. In fact, I think they even, uh, the other thing that, that Elaine Vigneault did that I really liked Friday, he made all of those massive cuts. And then Saturday night, 
for that game where he kind of, you know, reworked everything and, and severely cut the team down. He did not coach on Saturday night's home game against the New York Rangers. He took in the entire game from the Flyers executive suite so that he could just watch his team and see what was working, see what wasn't, see who needed some nudging, see what lines needed to be moved. And he left the coaching to Michelle Terry and Mike Yo and, and Ian LaPerriere behind the bench. I like that move. And uh, word has it that the uh, NHL network cameras were up in the executive suite with him that night. So uh, be sure you tune in tomorrow night on the NHL network if you want to take a look at what's really going on behind the scenes at Flyers training camp. With that, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go around the AHL, and we're going to talk a little bit about some news happening around the American League. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this brief message. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined, of course, by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And don't forget, you can find us seven days a week, 365 days a year, talking about what else? Hockey, hockey, and more hockey on Twitter at the AHL Report. So be sure you're following us so that you don't miss any news, any updates, any analysis, any scouting reports, you name it. You can find it there at the AHL Report. Uh, this segment, we're going to go around the AHL um, and just uh, give you a couple of uh, insights of, of news happening around the American League. I, I should say, first of all, congratulations to the AHL. Uh, they launched a brand new website today. They had a great, <laughs> I went to their website today, and I guess it, I caught the website at the exact moment that they took the old site down while they were launching the new one. And instead of just, you know, oh, this site is under construction. They had a really great graphic that just said, coach gave us a maintenance day. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back later. <laughs> um, and uh, and then sure enough, uh, the AHL launched a new website today. So be sure to check it out at, uh, it's theahl.com. Um, looks sort of similar, but uh, some more modern features to it. So congrats to them. Uh, Rick, one of the things that that wanted to, to mention we talk about how there are uh, young guys who are making coaches and sometimes veteran players, giving them a little pause and saying, Oh, well, 
okay, this, this young guy, this new guy's here trying to take a spot. Um, and it's not just happening with the Canadians and the Flyers. It's happening all over the league. There's a lot of really good young prospects that are, that are making a name for themselves in this preseason. Uh, and two of them are names that are familiar to our Montreal Canadiens listeners. Um, and I know you have one and I have one, so I'll let you go first. Well, it's just interesting that, uh, and we got a, um, uh, the, my attention was brought to it. Our regular listener, Kathy, she uh, pointed out that uh, Josiah Didier, um, who uh, was last with the Montreal Canadiens in, in the 2016-17 season um, uh, with the St. John's Ice Caps when they went to the playoffs against Syracuse. Um, uh, Josiah Didier then moved on to uh, Charlotte Checkers, the Carolina Hurricanes organization, and last season was a Calder Cup winner and played a key role down the down the stretch uh, uh, for Charlotte and uh, uh, was pretty tough to play against in those uh, play uh, playoff games. We remember when he was with. Um, uh, the Ice Caps, they were affectionately known as the Twin Towers, uh, Josiah Didier <laughs> and, and and Brett Lernout. Um, yeah. A fourth-round pick of the Canadians, that being Didier. And uh, and it sounds this this season he's uh, with the Boston Bruins at the Boston Bruins training camp. And our friend Joe Haggerty, um, Hacks with Hags on Twitter, uh, tweeted last night, Joe, Josiah Didier is having another solid workmanlike night for the Bruins. And that's kind of his game. Workmanlike uh, is, mm-hmm. is a good way to describe it. Has an assist tonight and just rattled the boards with a big hit. Again, he, that's, that sounds a lot like Josiah Didier. Uh, Coach, Cassidy, Coach Cassidy said the other day that he likes his game after not knowing much about him before camp. So uh, Josiah Didier opening some eyes. Why does it have to be with the Bruins? But yes, oh, uh, we're, we're, we're happy for him that he's uh, uh, st- sticking around so far in uh, at the Bruins camp and, and, uh, and making people notice him. Uh, and, and that he is. I actually, uh, in covering Flyers preseason games this week, uh, he played in both of the games that Boston played against Philadelphia, and he managed to notch an assist in each of those games. So he has two assists on the preseason, uh, and he, he, he looked very good in, in both games, was very noticeable. And, and, yes, he was rattling those boards pretty hard. He was finishing his checks for sure. <laughs> so good luck to Josiah Didier. Uh, Habs fans, uh, I know he had a, a number of of fans when he played in the Montreal Canadiens organization, and so we wish you the best of luck, even though it's with the Boston Bruins. Oh, uh, well, and for Flyers fans, it's equally uh, difficult for me to wish luck uh, to someone in the New York Rangers organization, but this is a name for um, Canadians fans as well. Ryan Lindgren, brother of goaltender Charlie Lindgren of course uh, has been in the in the Rangers organization for a bit now he's making some noise uh, here in the preseason as well he played uh, he he's played in in the game against Philadelphia as well was very noticeable uh, tried to challenge 
big Sam Moran uh, when he didn't like a hit that Sam Moran put on one of his teammates uh, in another game against the New Jersey Devils. He was yapping pretty hard and tried to go at it with Wayne Simmons. So he's not, uh, he's not shy. And in fact, Fearless. I had tweeted, I, he really is. And I remember Charlie telling us um, one day we, we, we made a comment. It was sometime last year about um, a game that when, when Ryan had been called up to the Rangers and was making that kind of physical impact. And I remember Charlie saying to us, yeah, my brother likes to get under guy's skin. <laughs> and, and he seems to be doing that really well, but he's impressing the coach as well. Um, the coach, uh, Quinn said, I like his toughness a lot. He competes. He doesn't shy away. He's an in your face type of player. And, and that's, that's Ryan Lindgren. He, he, he likes to make his presence known. Um, pretty good defenseman, six foot, 191 pounds. And he is, he's making a case uh, to stick around, um, you know, with the likes of Brady Shea and Mark Stahl uh, with, with the New York Rangers. So we wish Charlie Lindgren's brother, Ryan Lindgren, uh, the best of luck. We actually uh, also had the, the privilege of covering Ryan Lindgren when he played at the world juniors uh, for team USA uh, the year that it was in Buffalo a couple of years ago, uh, he was he participated in that outdoor game against Team Canada uh, and others. So um, best of luck to Ryan Lindgren as well, making uh, making a good case for himself. Uh, the only other thing I want to mention quickly in this segment uh, is just uh, this is uh, called this Amy's rant segment, but it, I just. Last night, I, I thought I was going to blow a gasket watching my Twitter timeline while I was trying to cover a game. Apparently, somewhere along the way, uh, hockey fans who are supposed to be smart, you're supposed to, uh, hockey fans are supposed to know what hockey's all about. And so you're supposed to know, and quite frankly, media members are supposed to know, what the preseason is here for. The preseason in the NHL, is the time for management and coaches to evaluate the players that they have, evaluate the guys who, whether it's their veterans who are coming back, whether it's free agents that they've signed over the summer, or whether it's prospects who are coming up through their farm system um, and they need to evaluate how their development has come along and whether or not those guys uh, have now reached a point where they could make an impact on the NHL roster. That is what the preseason is for. The preseason is not for entertainment purposes. <laughs> no, no professional sports league has preseason that's entertaining. And most sports fans know that in preseason, including hockey, most nights you're not going to get a whole bunch of NHL veterans in the lineup. The, the, the job of the teams is to evaluate the young prospects and decide who they're cutting and who they're not. And last night, I haven't seen so much of this on the Philly end of things, but Montreal lost its ever-loving mind last night that the Toronto Maple Leafs iced a team of mostly AHL-caliber players. It was mostly the Toronto Marlies who were playing against the Canadians last night. And Habs fans were beside themselves. And on top of that, members of the media I had, there's one who said, you know, oh, the, the, the Leafs roster tonight is downright embarrassing. There's no respect for, for, for the guy, for, for 
people who have purchased tickets in Montreal. There's another uh, Montreal mainstream media guy who said he feels sorry for people who paid for tickets at the Bell Center tonight to watch the Toronto Marlies play the Habs. Um, and, and that same media member went on to then ask later in the evening, when does the preseason end? You know, I, <laughs> and this is just, the preseason is not there for you to be, to get to watch NHL caliber hockey for less money. If you're going to buy a preseason ticket, you take the risk that there might only be five of your favorite veterans in the lineup and the rest could be guys that you've never heard of. That's the risk you take when you buy a preseason ticket. Um, and as fans, if that's not a risk that you feel like dealing with, then don't buy a preseason ticket. Um, it's as simple as that. Does that sound callous? Maybe. Um, I'm happy that fans take advantage of, of buying preseason tickets if they are a little bit cheaper, that perhaps they, they you know don't get to see everybody that they'd like to, but they're getting to see good competitive hockey um, for, for maybe a little less money th- that they can't afford during the regular season, particularly in a market like Montreal, where ticket prices are astronomically outrageous. Um, but then for me to also see members of the media compounding on that and, and saying the same thing, I just, I, I almost lost it last night. I had, it was, it was an effort to, for me to keep my hands away from my keyboard and just <laughs> keep my mouth shut. Um, just really disappointing. You know, there's those, those young guys that you've never heard of that are out there. They're out there trying their hardest to make their lifelong dream of making the NHL come true. So we're sorry if you're a little uh, disappointed by it. And quite frankly, guess what? The Habs lost to the Marlies essentially. So, so if anything, um, Canadians fans now know who uh, Igor Korshkov is, who Nick Patan mm-hmm. is, who Justin mm-hmm. Hole is, uh, because the embarrassing part was that, that the Canadians were spanked by uh, the Marlies, the Marlies slash growlers. Um, you know, it, it's it, the, 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 and, and fans, okay. Grab and complain. I, I don't know what, as you said, what they were expecting, but for the media to say, uh, to, to say anything at all was, was silly. And part of it was because, you know, uh, Carey Price wasn't in the lineup and, Oh, you know, we're not going to get to see the, our, our favorite player. And, but, you know, I, I really resisted the urge to, to ask, um, have you ever been to an NFL preseason game? Um, those lineups are, are tough. And, and, uh, you know, guys are in for a couple of snaps, one possession. Um, yeah. And some of the star players didn't play at all uh, in the, in the preseason. Um, but listen, uh, 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 coaches have a job to do. Uh, GMs mm-hmm. have uh, evaluations to do. And um, I tell you, Mike Babcock looks pretty smart um, that, uh, yes, he followed. There are league rules in terms of first round picks, in terms of so many games of, of experience. They followed the what was set out by the by the league. But he had a young lineup. He left his his uh, regulars at home uh, to practice so they didn't have to travel. Now, uh, he he comes out looking pretty good because um, his he'll have a, a almost 
opening night lineup ready on Wednesday. And, um, you know, he got a great, uh, got a, a, a win with the, uh, uh, with the youngsters. That's just, that's just gravy. It's, it's, uh, I, the, the bemoaning was, was, it was, it was silly. It was really silly. It was. And I, I would just, you know, it, <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that because if I go off, I, I will go off on a, on another rant about it. And I don't need to. I've said I've, I've made my point. So the preseason is what it is. Um, if you're if you're not down with it, then um, check back in when regular season starts. And I'm sure you'll be much more pleased. And that's Amy's rant of the day. <laughs> uh, we're going to take one more quick break. Uh, I'll grab I'm going to you know grab a glass of water simmer down a little bit and uh, when we come back we're just going to give you a little preview of the rocket sports media live coverage that's coming up this week because we have got some games for you so don't go anywhere we'll be back right after this be sure to follow us on social media find us on twitter at the ahl report check out our original game photography on instagram at ahl report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel, at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back once again to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report, part of the Rocket Sports Media family. Thanks so much for joining us again. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by Rick Stevens, my wonderful co-host. And again, don't forget to find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Uh, you'll want to find us there for all of the latest uh, news regarding the the Habs and Flyers prospects and AHL teams and junior teams and draftees around the league and so forth. Lots of great information for you there. So follow us at the AHL report and you're definitely want to, going to want to be following us this week, Rick, because really we've got live coverage coming this week, every which way you turn. Um, we've, uh, as we said, uh, the AHL preseason does kickoff tomorrow night which is Wednesday the 25th uh the Phantoms actually are one of I believe only two team uh two games that are in effect tomorrow night they will kick off their preseason at the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins tomorrow night um and then they will also play um two home games both Sunday afternoon at home against Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins and then um, Monday night at home against the Hershey Bears. Uh, so uh, happy to say that uh, our AHL report team will be uh, 
live at the Sunday afternoon home game against the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. So uh, you'll want to be following us at the AHL Report for full coverage of that. But on our Laval Rockets side of things, our own Chris G is, I know, Rick, he's chomping at the bit to get in a wink. he sure is. <laughs> he wants to get out there and he wants to be covering the Laval Rocket and he gets his first chance to do so this weekend. Laval will be at home against Belleville Saturday and Sunday at 3 p.m. And Chris will be uh, at Place Bell for both of those games. So look for full coverage from Chris as well. Um, it's going to be a great week of coverage here at Rocket Sports. And to get ready for those games, you might want to go to uh, AHL.report. Uh, Chris has a brand new rocket notepad. Uh, his thoughts about uh, the Canadians training camp and, and spilling into uh, the Laval rocket training camp uh, that uh, that came out this morning. So uh, you want to go to AHL.report to take a look at uh, his thoughts about that. Perfect. We love it. And, and we thank Chris for his, uh, his continued excellent work. Uh, it's going to be another great season. Uh, of of live coverage uh, for Rocket Sports Media. And, and so that's what we've got uh, coming this week. Of course, we'll have uh, other reports as, as far as the Flyers and Canadians continue their training camp. I should note that the Laval Rocket put out their broadcasting schedule uh, for the year today. Uh, and interestingly enough, yet again, uh, TSN 690 will only be doing English broadcast um, at 11 home games throughout the entire year. Um, of course, uh, every game is broadcast on 91.9, and and RDS is there a couple of, a handful of times as well. Um, so we're just very happy here at Rocket Sports Media to to be a constant, consistent, and always present uh, resource for you, uh, particularly uh, for those of you who are looking for English coverage of the Laval Rocket. We're here 365 days a year, and uh, we've got lots of content coming for you this year and full coverage of your favorite team, whether it's the Laval Rocket, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, you name it, uh, the Montreal Canadiens, Philadelphia Flyers, any, any of the teams around the league, we've got a lot of great coverage, Rick, and uh, a great team of people ready to bring content all season long. Including with our podcast, there's this one from the Press Box, uh, our focus on prospects and the AHL. There's uh, the Canadians Connection for uh, Habs fans. Uh, it's a live podcast every Saturday. Uh, and we also have Habilisten and Habs Unfiltered, uh, who are, are back doing weekly podcasts again. So all under the Rocket Sports Radio umbrella mm-hmm. um, We've got both uh, written content as well as podcast content uh, generating, um, uh, daily for you. So check out allhabs.net, check out, uh, ahl.report and our, our complete, uh, um, uh, menu of, of, of content that we have for you. For sure. And in, in addition to those podcasts, as we've said, be sure you're following along on Twitter at the AHL report. You can find Rick at all Habs. You can find me at Flyers Rule. And also be sure you're following the AHL report on, on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, the, the, the handle at Facebook and Instagram is at AHL report. Uh, and of course, perhaps and Flyers fans, make sure you head uh, click 
when you when you go to any of our websites, whether it's the All Hab site or the AHL Report website, click on that YouTube icon and go follow along and make sure you you hit the notification bell and subscribe to the channel. We've got lots of exclusive video content that's coming and and will be up on the on YouTube throughout the season, exclusive interviews with players and coaches and more. So you don't want to miss a notification when when a new video is out. So be sure you do that as well. Rick, there's just so many ways for people to stay uh, in contact and and up to speed on their favorite team, and we're excited to get everything underway. And it gets underway um, officially uh, and next week, and uh, uh, we'll be very busy this week gathering things. And so next week's show will be, uh, I'm sure, jam-packed once again. I believe it will be. So until then, enjoy the last full week of training camp. Uh, We'll be here, of course, keeping an eye on who makes it and who doesn't, who gets cut and who stays. And uh, we'll be here again next Tuesday for another great episode of From the Press Box. Thanks so much for joining us, Rick. Thank you for being here as well. It was another great show today. And we'll see you all back here next week for another episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. (laughs) 